Living Holistically Well with Dr. Annette West. Again, we will have a myriad of topics, interviews, and engaging words of thought to share with you this season. The purpose of this show is to help us build up our minds, our bodies, and our spirits. And I just want to give a shout out to Creative Common for allowing the show the use of their jazz instrumental, Smooth Jazz. Now, let's get started with Dr. Annette West's topic for today. So here we are again on another Thursday. Excited to have Anna Roseboro again with us on the podcast. If you go back and um, check out some of the previous uh, podcasts, she was on the show sharing about a book. And tell us again the title of that book, Anna. This book is called Experience, Poems, and Pictures. It's a book about poetry that paints and pictures that speak. On the last show that we were on together, she shared a poem before she ended. And so poetry is such a creative art. And I think a lot of people have missed the essence of what you can really gain and glean from poetry. So I'm hoping that Anna is going to share with us today some insight and perspective, because let me tell you, she is a national board certified teacher. So she's just not just anybody, okay, coming to us. I mean, she is an authored, authored poet. I mean, so she's just not standing on the corner spewing out poetry. She's an educator, has been doing this for 40 some years. So I'm excited of what she is going to share with us on today. So her book today is, she said, Experiencing, Experience Poems and Pictures. Now, tell us a little bit, Anna, why this book is important to many people. This book is important to a number of people because it gives them an opportunity to see ways that one can use poetry to work through personal issues. Occasionally, we have things that occur in our lives that are so exciting that we want to capture them in words. Sometimes they are so traumatic that we have no words that we think we can use to express it. And one of the things that I do is, uh, Annette was saying that I'm a teacher, when I'm inviting students to write, teenagers, adults, or whatever, start off with this definition, what is poetry? And we use this definition, poetry is a composition designed to convey a vivid and imaginative sense of experience, especially by the use of condensed language chosen for its sound and suggestive power as well as for its meaning and for the use of literary techniques as structured meter, natural cadence, 
rhyme, or metaphor. Too often people get caught up in the structure of poetry and not realize the healing power of poetry. Mm. And over the course of the years in working with students in class, I often ask them to consider something that they have experienced or observed that they'd like to capture in poetry. Nine times out of 10, it's been something traumatic. Mm. And as they begin to search for words to recreate that incident in ways that will help them focus on what may or may not have triggered that trauma and being able to talk about it finds it gives them release. And sometimes we say relief because they have faced it. They have figured out that there are ways to move forward in life and often it's based on their spirituality. Uh, depending on what their faith heritage is, uh, they may go to the Old Testament, they may go to the New Testament, may, they may go to other things, but they know if they ask me, they're going to the Bible. <laughs> for the most part, when I start, I said, uh, when we talk about this, I come from a Christian perspective. And if you ask for me for any advice, I will give it to you based on my experience living among Christians, being taught by Christians, having accepted Christ as my personal savior, and over the years developing a relationship with him. And he's given me poetry as a way of expressing that relationship. So Anna, do, do you think that, um, or you probably know this, you mentioned that poetry was healing. Yes. So I'm thinking I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist or anything like that. So mm -hmm. it could be a great tool then that someone in that profession could also use maybe coaching to get people to maybe uh, come out of a shell or to maybe talk about things that they wouldn't normally talk about. This is true. In fact, this is what happened yesterday as I had an opportunity to work with eighth graders at one of the middle schools. And depending on when this show comes uh, on, uh, people rem will remember that on uh, Sunday, January is it 25th or 26th, we learned that Kobe Bryant had passed. Mm -hmm. And he and his daughter had died in a helicopter crash. And the students came to school terribly, terribly upset by this for various reasons. And, and uh, the teacher invited me to have her students write poetry to help adapt, adopt uh, a life stance that would help them reconcile that someone this famous could die this traumatically and that it could still be okay. And many of the students began thinking about personal losses for themselves. And as we began to write poetry, we called it uh, One Day. We never know what's going to happen one day. What are we going to prepare for? How are we going to prepare one day? And uh, so we use poetry to process that. And I think that counselors can invite the people who come to them for advice, for counseling, for encouragement, to capture their thoughts in poetry. And 
poetry doesn't have to rhyme. It doesn't have to be rhythm. It just has to be carefully chosen words that express that experience, that observation, that event. That's that's really good. So at the end of your engagement with these students, mm -hmm. were any able to verbally articulate how they that, were feeling and what the poetry yes. did for them? Uh, that was probably the most rewarding, gratifying part of my time with them was after they had worked through the draft of the poetry and we just said, you are just drafting. You have not had time to polish it and to clean it up or whatever, but may we have three people who are willing to come and stand next to me and read your poetry for the rest of the class. We had five. Wow. Thir wow. 12, 13 and 14 year old students who said, yes, I'd like to share what I've written. A couple of them got up and looked at the class and decided they would rather I read the poem than they read the poem, but still they were willing to share the way they captured one day in their lives. And I think it would be equally powerful uh, with adults. That's good because what you're sharing with us is the value of mm -hmm. this particular book and how it um, can benefit people, children, teenagers, young adults, right. adults, all ages. All ages. And one of the things with the book, uh, there are just 16 poems in the book, but there are 58 pictures. Beautiful pictures. And thank you so much. I'm excited about the pictures because they are pictures of artwork created by students at the school where I used to teach. 12 of them are student artists. Some of them, a couple of them are parents of students I have taught who heard about it. And some of them are the art teachers from the school and some artists that I have met since I moved here. But when people look at pictures, they evoke memories. And as they evoke those memories and write about them, it's another way of capturing that moment. Sometimes they are delightful experiences and the pictures make them remember something that just happened that was so beautiful that the picture expresses it. This is why we say the pictures speak, mm -hmm. but we also say that poetry can paint. And sometimes when we write our own poems, we can capture for someone else an experience that they may have had. They said, oh, I wish I could say it like that. And that's the other value of the book. The book, the poems in the book can be patterns. You can look at the way, in this case, I express myself, and then you can substitute the words or phrases that capture your experience. And sometimes that's sufficient when one is trying to heal. Something's been on your mind for years, and you want to get it out. Sometimes getting it out on paper in a poem is just what it takes to move on. That's good. I, I can really see this. Um, I do a lot of coaching um, mm -hmm. with people. So I could really see um, recommending this book um, to people um, mm -hmm. and taking them through some of the 
engaging processes <laughs> to kind of break to kind of break some things down. So I'm seeing a benefit of the book myself. Well, thank you very much. And, well, and, we and that's, that others will as well. Yeah, and that's another reason why I wanted you to come back because when you shared the one form, um, I think it was called work, 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 work. <laughs> Oh, no. words, 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 words. You shared words. that poem. I guess I want to work, work, work. Um, you shared the poem <laughs> words with us. And so you left that with us. So we had to come back and and glean some more from you. Um, mm -hmm. Your book is available. Um, mm -hmm. And I think we talked before you said it was going to be um, translated in some other languages. Um, yeah. What has happened with that? Number one. The first translated version, and when I'm in translated, all the poems are not translated. The reason it's too difficult to maintain some of the rhyme and rhythm patterns, but the end of this book has 10 pages of ways that people can return to the pictures, return to the poems, write their own poems, create their own art. That section of the book has been translated into Spanish. Nice. It came out in September, just in time for the Hispanic uh, Heritage Month, and is now being used in schools by teachers who are teaching English to Spanish speakers and teachers speaking Spanish to English speakers. Uh, the Spanish teachers are finding that when they allow the students, encourage the students to look at the paintings and the pictures and ask them to write in Spanish, using the vocabulary and grammar that they're learning, that the students get excited about writing because they have something to write about. Um, just this week, I got the translations for the French, and one of the teachers translated the words, 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 French with les mots, les mots, les mots, into French, and so that will be coming out in time for Valentine's Day. And uh, it will have the reflection section of the book translated into French, but also that first poem will be translated into French. And number three, one of the ladies I met online, in fact, the same place where I met you, Dr. West, mm -hmm. uh, lives in Switzerland, and she has translated it into German. And we hope by the middle of March to have the German version. The reason pictures speak any language. And as people have an opportunity to look at the pictures, respond to the prompts, they're having the opportunity to experience the same kind of reflection and healing that we're encouraging people to consider when they read the book in English. Pictures speak any language. Just as God speaks to us in the language that we know, Pictures speak to us in the language that we know. And this book encourages people to write about their experiences in the languages that they know as they are inspired by the pictures in this book. Wonderful. Let us take a quick break. Anna, um, I really wanted you to share um, a few of your poems with us today. Um, and I really want you to be led in how you which poems you're going to choose, and how you're going to um, share those with us. Thank you, Annette. Uh, it's a privilege to be on your program today and to have an opportunity to talk about 
how and why I write poetry. One of the poems that I'd like to share today is called The Heart Tree. One summer I had an opportunity to attend a writing retreat in Sitka, Alaska. And we went out one day and we're sitting among the giant trees in that area. And our teacher asked us to look around uh, and find a tree that reminds you of someone very close to you. And this is the poem I wrote. The Heart Tree. There's a tree in my heart. Was it there at the start of my life as a wife and a mother? Through the cares and the woes and the joys that just goes along when one lives with another? The trunk is my past, the part that will last when the children have come and gone. They are the branches reaching out, taking chances outside in the world and the throng. This tree in my heart, I hope is a part of all I have known and still love. It's trite, but it's true. But the growth due to you who grounded me in God's love above. Mm. That poem was written about my grandmother. I happen to have been raised in a family where my mom was ill for a long time. And for two years, we lived in a foster home. A couple of times, my parents, uh, my grandparents gave up pastorages out of town, moved back to Michigan to care for us when my mother was in the hospital. And so one of the ways of capturing the memories of a dear family member is in poetry. And that's one of them that I wrote about my grandmother sitting in the forests in Sitka, Alaska. And I, I, really, I really like this poem when I read it because I could see history. I could mm -hmm, see, mm -hmm. I could see um, extended life. Mm -hmm. I could see the, the increase and the yield that the tree had been given for so many years. And Absolutely. so, and so when you're talking, cause I didn't know it was about your grandmother, but mm -hmm. then that just makes sense because most of us who have been able to experience time with our grandmothers, can attest to the fact of the the love and the hope and the joy that we would glean from being in their presence and how they could be so caring and nurturing and and it, and it reminds me like the 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 big the tree it covers right it covers and for those who are wondering about when will I use this poem during the summer many families gather for family reunions what an honor it would be for some of your family members to hear a poem that you have crafted to capture the experiences, the observations, the life and the legacy mm. of family members who are there and those who have gone on. And more importantly, those who are yet to come, the seeds that are coming. Another poem uh, that I wrote was just, it started out to make fun of my husband. We have a set of matching lounge chairs on the sun porch. And often in the evening, we will both sit there. And I noticed that he often had holes in the bottom of his socks. And so just for fun, one day I took out my notebook and wrote the poem. And the next month, I happened to have been invited by a local bookstore to come and do a poetry reading. And my husband was in the audience and I read this. So you can imagine 
what it was like when I came back home. <laughs> but here it is, the man with holes in his socks. Sitting across from him on the sun porch, noticing those holes in the bottom of his socks, listening to the birds chirping their evening reports to their parents, hearing the squawk of ducks teaching their ducklings to swim upstream. I wonder what it would be like. What would it be like to have no one to talk to, no one to report to, no one to tease about the holes in the bottom of his socks, no one to interrupt my reading with, hon, you gotta listen to this, or just a minute, have you heard this one? Listening to the roiling of the stream just outside the sunroom window, hearing the water tumble down the man-made rock croppings, pausing as the morning doves coo along the way. I wonder what it would be like. What would it be like to be able to finish a chapter without being interrupted, without learning something new about something I never knew was important, something I'd never even thought about before, without realizing how fortunate I am to hear from the man with the holes in the bottom of his socks say, babe, this won't take long, or bet you never hear this anymore. Sitting across from him, I watched the sunbeam streaming through the blinds, slipping over his shoulder and warming my toes, signaling that the day is ending. I wonder, what would it be like? Then I smiled to myself, not having to wonder, glad I don't have to wonder, thrilled I don't have to wonder what life would be like without the man with the holes in the bottom of his socks. Wow. wow. I felt I, that. <laughs> you what? I felt that. You, I, I felt that the life. I was getting teary. I felt the life in that. And it reminded me of how we can sit and pay attention to some of the smallest things about someone else mm-hmm, and be mm-hmm. able to create such a story about it. Just listening. And one of the things that I encourage uh, writers to do when they're trying to capture an experience in words is to think of the sensory images. What did you hear? What did you smell? What did you taste? What did you feel? And finally, what did you see? And this one didn't have all four of them in it, but those are the kinds of pre writing, I ask people to consider, if you're going to recapture an image or an experience, consider the senses. That'll help bring someone else into it. You know, one of the reasons I got a little teary reading that one this morning is the other poem that you asked me to share was called Visits. And and before you, before you, before you share, um, I love that. I just want to go back. And and, and I I love that you talked about your grandmother in respect to that tree. Mm -hmm. I really like how you brought um, such a um, love in talking about the man with the hole in his socks. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) 
And so I see a family transition there. So my mm -hmm. next quest question would be, there is one of your poems that's called Our Son. Our Son. Our Son. I think it was on like page 60 something in your in your poetry book. I want to okay. jump I want to jump to that one because okay. um I didn't know if this was your son or someone else's son or if it was just a general thought. So I wanted you to share with us the poem and then let us know how this came, how the Lord touched you in this. Okay. Uh, our youngest son was busy. Um, today, they would probably say that uh, he is uh, hyper, mm -hmm. ADHD, whatever it is. But one day, I wanted to capture this son in writing. Uh, he was our challenge as a child, and when he was about 19, he was going to community college, so he wasn't one who went off to college. And he got to the point that he was not willing to live by household rules. And so he left and was gone for six years. And I was thinking about him. I wanted to just capture him in words because he was not there. And I'll tell you a little bit about it at the end. It's called Our Son. Robert Bobby Bob, fast, fleet, flown. Baby, boy, grown. Born in a moment, walking at nine months, diving at two years, gymnast at 12. On the move, on the run, seldom sitting, often flitting, nonstop, ready to drop. Flying on his big wheels, skidding under the bumper of our neighbor's caddy, cheating death, but barreling toward it. Building, building, building. Wooden kindergarten blocks, golden cyclopedia books, choreographing routines for cheerleaders' bodies. Blocks, books, bodies. Seeing the patterns, finding the puzzle pieces, but missing the picture. Moving on, moving out, moving up, high school, chair camps, college, Kinko's in Sunnyvale, Great Lakes training in Illinois, the constellation in the Persian Gulf, the Juno in Sasebo, Japan, cheerleader, choreographer, cook, admiral's chef, Christian, on the move, flipping in time, hitting the groove, running out of time, calling home, dad, or daddy, mom or mommy, the mood determines the name, help or hooray, sunny or gray, seldom in between. Do I have to come home? Can I come home? I can't come home. Now I have gone home. Baby, boy, grown. Robert, Bobby, Bob, fast, fleet, low. Our son died as a member of the Navy um, a few years later. And that was the poem that I used that week as we were waiting for his body to be returned to us. Who was our son? He was always on the move. Thank the Lord he made his commitment 
to the Lord. In fact, he was on a, a cruise around the southern tip of South America. I had sent him the book, A Purpose Driven Life. And he sent me an email. Mom, I'm tired of doing this by myself. I'm giving it to the Lord. Within two years, he was dead. Wow. I love that quote. I could see I could see my own kids <laughs> and different and different things. And and I liked everything that I saw until I saw the words. Now I have gone home. That like it transitioned the poem like what's going to come after this. So even though you have a heart story behind it, the poem mm -hmm. is is beautiful. The poem speaks life. The poem speaks to me everything, all the phases in a person's life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just summarize in just these few words, mm -hmm, yet, mm -hmm. yet having so much value and power to it. And I don't want us to end on a somber note today, but uh, uh, it's not somber. But he went to be with the Lord. But the thing is, I could see this poem helping. I thought about a friend of mine whose husband just recently passed and mm -hmm. everything that she's going through, you know, mm -hmm. but her daily, even though she's is hard and she's struggling, mm -hmm. she's trying to make sure she remembers all the good things, you know? Mm -hmm. And so even though I know that social media has a lot of negative things out there. There's a mm -hmm. lot of positive things and there's a lot of people that are posting positive things. So I have enjoyed her process through what she's going through because just about every day she's posting a, a reminder She's mm -hmm. and she's sharing it. And so mm -hmm. when she shares it, she's getting encouragement from people in so many Absolutely. different places, you know, that's, that's helping her. No, we can't, we can't heal her, but you know, we're just helping her and letting her know you're not alone. You're, you're not, not alone. alone. And that's one of the things that poetry will do. Uh, and just as you were mentioning, uh, Dr. West, as you listen to poems that I have written in this book, Experience Poems and Pictures, there you're learning about me, but you're also reflecting on what you know, experiences you've had. And sometimes writing poetry will, can help heal relationships. Yes. Uh, if we have writing, writing something to commemorate is one way of doing it. And sometimes writing to commiserate will be a useful one. And one of the things that want to and as an affirmation to anyone who's considering um, writing poetry is this last poem that you invited me to write, which happens to also be the last poem in this book. It's called, Yes, You Are. You are good. It's okay to be good all along. So keep on doing what you should to bring joy to yourself and to share joy with others. You are kind. It doesn't matter if we don't understand when you do what you should to bring peace to yourself and share peace with others. You are smart. 
may just be jealous when you get accolades. So keep on doing what you should to bring light to yourself and to share your light with others. Yes, you are good. Yes, we are good. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. I tell you, I've been reading these poems and I was like, man, this is this stuff is good. And just looking at the pictures, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna have to sit down with my little notebook sometimes and just look at a picture and just write, just write what I'm what I'm thinking when I look at it. But we're gonna end, but before we end, Anna, I just want you to share with everybody how they can get a copy of your book and how they can follow you. Two ways. You can get a copy of my book by just going on Amazon and clicking experience poems and pictures, but also include my name, Roseboro, R-O-S-E-B-O-R-O. Be careful that you order the book that you can read because it soon will be available in English, French, Spanish, and German. You also can follow me on Facebook, just under my name, Anna J. Small Roseboro. You can follow me on my teaching website where I share these ideas there as well. And that's teachingenglishlanguagearts.com. There's a place on that page to order the books directly from me if you would like to get an autograph. And if you'd like to get an autograph, you may get a little booklet in which you can write your own poems, which is a souvenir piece that goes with this particular book. Experience poems and pictures, poetry that paints, pictures that speak. Beautiful. So what I would like for you to do for me is when we end, just, um, I don't know if you sent it to me before, but resend me that um, website. Yes. And I'm when I, when I post this, I'm going to put it on the screen so that um, if they want to get to that, they, they can. But I'm excited. Um, this book is is great. I probably say that about everybody's book, but we got some great writers out here, you know, writing in different genres. And as long as it is relative to Christ Jesus, we good. We good. <laughs> we are and, good. Uh, yes. One last thing. Now that I'm a retired educator, I also coach new writers. And if that's something that you are interested in knowing more about, uh, contact uh, Dr. West. She can put you in connection with me if you're interested in being coached on a manuscript that you're working on. Perfect. And lots of people are working on things and they're just sitting there, including myself. So we're going to do better. But thank you again, Anna. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. All I right. appreciate you. We'll be connecting again. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. As we close, I want to thank you for tuning in. Please subscribe on your favorite platform so you will receive notifications for this show. Share a comment and give a five-star rating. Join the mailing list at drannettewestministries.org. And while there, check out what's going on in our world. Also, purchase a copy of Dr. West's newest book, Holistic Wellness, Mind, 
body, spirit on DrAnnetteWestMinistries.org and Amazon. Don't forget to follow Dr. West on social media. 